Welcome to the Journey Home Podcast. Life is full of twists and turns, and sometimes we get stuck or lost along the way. Our desire is to be a friend and resource to anyone who needs a little wisdom, advice, or encouragement on their journey. But most of all, we want you to know you're not alone. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey friends, this is Eunice. Thanks for joining me today. Today on my virtual coffee chats with friends, I have my dear friend Ava Miller. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. we are going to continue this conversation about um, just racial justice that has been a big headline in the news in this season, but not just in the news. I actually, why I keep doing these videos is because I feel like it's something really important on the Lord's Mm -hmm. heart. And I I know that Ava and I are really like-minded in this. And so I just wanted to have her on for just another voice sharing about this um, topic. And Ava and I, we have been friends for like the uh, past five, six years. And we were blessed to be able to live overseas together for some of those years. And so I just miss living close to her. (laughs) So I just wanted to... (laughs) Thanks. I just wanted to have you on, Ava, because I feel like this is something really close to your heart, too. So could you just introduce yourself a little and then we'll jump in with the questions? Yes. So... Um, my name is Ava Miller. Um, yeah, I feel like that introduction was like pretty good. (laughs) Everything I was going to say. Um, yeah, we, yeah, I've lived overseas the past, um, probably almost six years now. The past year, uh, me and my family have been stateside. Um, but yeah, we've just been living overseas. I have three children. Um, my dad is Mexican, which I think is one of the reasons why this topic um, mm. hits a different place in my heart. Um, I grew up in the South, which is another reason why this is, um, yeah, something that is big on my heart. Jackson, Mississippi. Um, yeah, I love the Lord, love Jesus. Uh, me and Eunice, I don't know if any of you guys are into the Enneagram but I'm a one on the Enneagram. And I know Eunice is too. So <laughs> I was literally thinking, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, just don't get like too mad for the Lord, but like a little bit, but not too mad. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah, because I know that, you know, I, for me, that injustice and justice and all of that is just, I think, um, uh, something that really does touch my heart in a deep way. And mm-hmm. um So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a little bit, I guess, of an introduction. (laughs) No, that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, Yeah, and when Mm -hmm. Ava mentioned the Enneagram One, and for those of you who aren't familiar with the Enneagram, Enneagram One is um, at least the one that I think Ava and I really cling on to, the aspect of just being that moral reformer, is that injustice really like, Mm -hmm. I mean it irritates us but not just irritates us it's like almost like it's boiling inside of us that we have to speak out and so i think this is a season at least for myself where i just i do feel the lord's heartbeat for this issue and i do feel like those of us like ava and i like we really do want to speak out for those who are hurting right now so thank you so much ava i guess the first question i have is has racism ever affected you and your family and if so could you please share some of your experiences yeah so um 
yeah, I'll, I'll give kind of a broad answer to that. Um, so like I said, my dad's Mexican. I'm half, well, he's Mexican, I'm Hispanic. And uh, my mom is from Mississippi, born and raised in the South. Um, so I think for me, I, I also grew up for the most part in Mississippi. So I, I think culturally, I definitely would relate more to like being white than I would be um, Hispanic. Um, I just didn't grow up in a very like culturally Hispanic environment um, in a very like up close way. But however, at home, my, my home was definitely <laughs> different than my friends. Like that was always very clear. Um, so I, I definitely feel like very third culture kid in that way um, growing up. Like I, I didn't even like having friends over to spend the night. I was like, just, I'll go to your house maybe and but you can't come to my house because <laughs> i'm like my dad will wake us up at six with, and like make me go do chores and and we just probably like i just the way we did our day was like very different and so um so i think for me personally i mean i can look back and i think i was just unaware of probably a lot of not a lot but sometimes when people would make comments when they would find out that my dad was mexican it didn't Mm -hmm. I, I get with looking back, I'm like, yeah, that really rubbed me the wrong way. But it wasn't anything that was like, it left me scarred or like, you know, it's nothing that could really con just compare to even what, um, you know, our black brothers and sisters are going through right now. And so um, in that way, no, like I, I didn't experience anything traumatizing. But yeah, I can look back and I'm like, yeah, there were comments that really got under my skin. Like I can remember as a, you know, as a 12 year old a friend making a comment like when they found out that my um my dad wasn't a construction worker or a yard worker they were like very surprised and I'm like I don't know why but that just irritates hmm. me why did you think that that was like the only option for my dad you know um yeah. so little things like that but I do think um so my dad was in the military and um towards the end of his military career he's retired now um he really started experiencing um, racism at his work and I don't I don't know all of the you know intricate details of all that was happening he tried just to kind of keep it separate from from family um, and without going into too much detail I would just notice like the way it affected him personally um, wow. it I was like and, and he had a very traumatic childhood and so mm -hmm. it was it was crazy for me to see how those what he was experiencing at work almost triggered trauma in him. Mm. And, um, and yeah. so that was something that I think I just, I don't know. I was like, wow, this is like, my dad has like a really long history with this, you know, and, um, and with just these feelings. And so um, that, that, you know, was pretty impactful for me. And then, I mean, growing, growing up in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, yeah. It's I, I, I don't want to be mean, but it's like for the people who say that racism isn't an issue. I'm like, where'd you grow up, man? <laughs> like, I mean, wow. it's, yeah, I think like, yeah. So I, and I, and being a third culture kid, I often felt like I was in between like both cultures. And so I think that just gave me a lot of time to observe, like, like all of the arguments that are happening right now. I'm like, wow, I've, I've heard these like for a while, you know, just, um, yeah, um, 
So I think it's just, while I, it hasn't really hit home with me personally in a super traumatic or painful way by any means, um, I, I definitely have been able to kind of sit back and see it a lot. And, um, mm-hmm. and then definitely on my own work through where I am at in the middle of it too, you know? So yeah, that was kind of a long answer, but yeah. No, I think that's real. Cause I think it's like something, it's funny because I think some people think like, oh, because this problem has existed for so long, like why does it matter right now? And that's something that I'm like, okay, it is a problem that's existed for generations, but why is that still okay? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it gives me something to think about, like because it's not okay and it's sad it has existed for years and years. Um, but why is it coming to the surface now? And for me, I feel like it's such an opportunity for the church to arise in this hour and to speak out mm-hmm. against it. Like, why do we have to continue to um, live in this existence of this problem has been here forever? Oh, well, like, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, for me, I'm like, yeah, this problem's been here forever. And now we need to really deal with it because it's not okay. Like, it's not okay just as a person, but it's not okay with the Lord's heart, in my opinion. No. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, Okay, so next question. What are some of your thoughts on the racial justice issues that have been swirling around in the U.S. today? So now, real time, I would love to hear some of your thoughts. Yeah, I I tried to take some time beforehand and just really kind of get my thoughts in order. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this is something that I've, I've really sat on for a while. Um, I think a, a starting point is, um, so there's this verse in, in Job that I was looking up earlier today. Um, I think it's in chapter 30, but he's basically talking to the Lord and, and he mentions this one point about um, like, have I not, wept over people who have struggled in life have i not been grieved by the poor and the oppressed and their condition and i just think that that's for for me and i think that should be especially as the church but i'm like also just as decent human beings like yeah that that should be our starting point you know i think that we come into this conversation and for a lot of people they've been in this conversation you know and this has been their life and um but for i know many people this is the first time that you know we might be really engaging with this conversation or just feeling like we have to or whatever um but i think that's the starting point is this is something that like you said it like the lord like when i when i think about the Lord's heart and what he cares about. I read scriptures. I read the prophets. Mm. When it comes to the oppressed, the Mm -hmm. poor, um, those without a voice, when it comes to that, um, that kind of, um, whether it's people marginalized or whatever, like when it comes to, to those people who can identify with that, um, that is something I don't want to mess around with because that is something that the Lord, like people in, in those situations or people going through things that, um, 
that they feel powerless or they feel voiceless, um, the oppressed, like that it, it just gives me like the fear of the Lord to think about. I don't want to, um, like, I, I want to tread lightly <laughs> with like what my opinions are mm. about, yeah. um, about their condition or, or my judgments or, or, um, you know, comparing situations or, or whatever. Um, you know, when, when we look at the nature of God, he so defends the poor and the oppressed. Yes. Um, he so defends them. And, um, and so I think for me, when we went, especially, I mean, just my own personal experience, kind of working through things in my own life, like mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's the starting point is we have to be moved and, and grieved and we mm-hmm. have to, this is something that we have to enter into that place of compassion over. Um, and two, like we need the fear of the Lord because when it yeah. comes to the oppressed, like I, I want to make sure I'm on the Lord's side, you know, mm. and I, <laughs> I don't want to be like, because it, it like makes yeah. me nervous of like, um, yeah, he doesn't play when he comes to the oppressed, you know, he takes mm-hmm. up their cause. Yeah. And um, so I don't know, that's a starting point for me. Of I think the, the first place my mind goes to is, um, is I, I want to, I want to have the fear of the Lord when, when I approach this. And um, I, last year I was listening to this, um, this sermon um, and uh, the lady who was preaching, she was talking about um, our idle words. And, you know, when, when scripture talks about every idle word being judged, she was going into what the word kind of, what the word idle means. And it's, there are words that they haven't gone through a process. They haven't gone through a process of meditating and thinking deeply about um, a topic that we haven't really wrestled with it we just speak it you know Mm. and and scripture also talks about um, proverbs i forget the chapter um 16 i think but about you know loving our own opinions Mm. and um this is something that we don't need to love we don't need to love our own opinions about and i certainly don't want to have just idle words about it like i think that there is um there is a process available for everyone to go through right now before the Lord. Um, and, you know, we can, I, I feel like I've been in this process of kind of zooming in and zooming out, like zooming in and just trying to really, you know, weep with those who weep. And like I said, be a decent human being, but then also zooming out and seeing like, there is, there is a huge problem right now in America that, that I think that the Lord is really putting his finger on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, you know, for, I know for a lot of people looking at it and, and wondering, oh, is this like a political agenda or is it, you know, so it's just Marxism or socialism or whatever. I'm like, let's take a step back. And first we have to ask the question, like, is God, putting his finger on something because uh-huh. if he is I don't care about all the like fringe conversations right. I want to tune into that because yeah. I feel like it's such an opportunity for the body I feel like it's a season of mercy honestly but like, I think that the Lord 
um, is really putting his finger on this in the church. And yeah, I think, I do think it's a, it's a time of repentance for the church and yeah. of really repenting, um, of like, of sins that, you know, I, I feel like in the past I would have said blind spots, you know, especially for, you know, for white America, I think I would say blind spots, but now I'm like, I think it's just sin, like where, mm where we're it's it's the sins that we don't even realize that we're committing but it's it's sin you know yeah um so anyways I, that's all over the place but no um, i agree with yeah. you i love yeah. that it's true because i think we can kind of like i don't know if it's like normalize things or water things down like you said and just call it like oh a blind spot but if it's actually sin, you're right. We do need to be repenting like on our faces before the Lord. And that mm -hmm. I think is a good point because too, I think that like when I look back on my life, I don't think I've always done this well. Like I've held stereotypes in my heart that I've had to repent for and change, like consciously change as I grew in the Lord because it wasn't right, you know? And so that's something that I think that I just pray in this hour that the church grasps because I think it's easy to just um, make excuses for mm -hmm. how we used to think that was wrong instead mm -hmm. of just facing it and repenting and choosing to change. And that's what yeah. I think the church is being called to right now is like, okay, we've made mistakes. Like we are all human. We've all made stupid mistakes, but can we accept that we've made the mistakes instead of making excuses and really repent and and change and i i really agree with you about that because this is just it's a crazy time dude yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. yeah i it's yeah i i feel like there's i mean like i said i mean one thing i've really been feeling even lately is just like this is a time for all of us you know, especially speaking as I you know, I, I do feel more white than I do Hispanic, like mm -hmm. speaking as a white person, you know, like this is a time for us to look in the mirror. And, um, mm. and I know that that feels scary, but I, I, there is something for the Lord to like unravel and break down for us, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, because we think of, I know for a lot of people, it's like, well, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't make any mistakes. Like, mm. I don't remember, like, you know, doing anything. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm like, well, like, what, what generations before us did has effects on us now, whether we like it or not, you know, and yeah. we have been shaped our, the way that we think that we're not even aware of our worldview has been shaped a certain way. And I feel like the Lord, um, by his mercy, is wanting to unpack those things. And I, I feel like I'm so grateful right now. I think of like, um, you know, black brothers and sisters in, in the Lord, part of the body, part of the body of Christ, that they've been carrying this in their hearts for a while. You know, this isn't anything new to them, mm -hmm. right. but how patient they have been, um, with the rest of the body you know yeah to to really just be patient i'm like they they've loved us better than i think 
we ever mm. give them credit for, you know? Yeah. I mean, they've, it, it's hard to love people who you're like, I'm trying to help you to see something, but then we, we're like, no, I don't want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, that's a little bit of a tangent, but um, yeah, I, I think there's something for everyone to look at deeply um, yeah. with ourselves, with our culture, with our history, with our worldview, the way yeah. we understand God, what he cares about. Like there's, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so real. Okay. Here I have my last question, but also I I thought of a spontaneous spin to it, which is mm-hmm. what is something you would like to share with our listeners today about like something practical they could do about racial justice, but also any last thoughts you might have? Because you mentioned that you are a like kind of like a third culture kid. But I mm-hmm. realized even in my own journey and, uh, you know, you and I, we live together overseas. I mm-hmm. feel like that added even an extra dimension in our thinking. <laughs> so yes. there were times that I'm like, wait, am I third culture? Or am I fourth culture? What are my kids then? Fifth culture. It gets, <laughs> like... <laughs> it gets trippy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gets weird. And so uh, if you have any last thoughts or tips advice that you just want to share with our listeners today I would love to hear them um yeah I think knowing the the audience that would listen or that would watch us talking right now I would Mm -hmm. probably say um which I, I don't know if some people might not like this but I would say you like take time to really sit before the Lord with this Mm. I know it's so easy to get busy, you know, let's search Instagram, repost all these things. And I mean, and I'm definitely not like saying don't get active. Like, I think that that really will come. But I think we first we we need that process of of looking deeply um, and really not missing what the Holy Spirit is trying to say right now. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I would just say like, um, yeah, really like take time, seek the Lord, get in the scriptures, like more than any other book, get in the scriptures, read the prophets, understand what, what was God so angry about in, mm. in all of the prophets, you know, like last week or a couple weeks ago, I was at a Bible study and we were reading through Amos. And it's just like, dang, Lord, like you're mad, you know, <laughs> like, why is he so angry? You know, he's like making, you know, saying all of these really intense judgments, but why, what was going on in those nations? And it's, uh-huh. it's kind of scary when you look at our, the history of America and mirroring it up again, and gets, you know, those other nations and just the similarities. Um, and so I would just say like, really go deep because I think that the Lord is, I, I really feel like this is all of last year and this year, like it is a season of repentance. Yeah. And, um, and I think the Lord is, I think what he would be saying to his church is just like, come out of all of it. Like, look, look at what you're like kind of a part of, uh-huh. maybe you're not like actively like, you know, like a white supremacist and you're like in, you know, the, actual groups you know (laughs) but but like just take a look at like what are we a part of that we do need to come out of 
Mm -hmm. um, in our thinking and in the way that we we view the world, the way that we view the Lord, I, I think that it's it's yeah, it's a time of repentance. And so, um, and and again, there's something for everyone in this. Um, and so, yeah, I think honestly, that's it's not it's like super practical, but I would just say like really go deep in the Lord's heart and really know like what what does He love, what does He hate. Um, what what is the gospel like i think we need to get back in the red letters we need to just like stay there for a mm -hmm. while um and we need to let the lord really like reshape our perspective and our worldview um so yeah and that's that's what honestly i would say because i think that um i think like premature action is just you're kind of like actually escaping that process a little bit without realizing it sometimes um hmm. so I, I would just say like if you haven't really had that type of season go for it and if you have then like honestly like get to know the black community in your in your neighborhood in your city um honestly i think that's like way better than um you know social media stuff it's like go sit with people and learn their experiences Mm -hmm. and like let a whole nother world open up for you you know um yeah take time and do that um anyways so no, that's, that's all so that I would good. say yeah and then yeah for the second question um yeah gosh living overseas yeah <laughs> for you <laughs> well I think I, the first thing I would say is it's very human nature to be tribal and um to not like other tribes like that's very human nature you know when we talk about racism yeah. like oh i'm not racist well get around people that are different than you for long enough and like prejudice mm. will creep in there and if you feel that it will turn into hate in your heart and i think like like even seeing some of that come out in my heart living overseas of like i think my way is better you know <laughs> like mm. um just it, it, it really, it is, I think, the Lord's design of you have two cultures kind of trying to love each other and it requires humility on both sides, but it mm. is a humbling process. Yes. Um, and humility is good and we need to embrace it, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think that just opened up another layer for me is just like, what is the world under like what what do they see about america how has it impacted their own lives yeah in actually very real ways uh -huh. um like it's affected their families because america's economy affects like the world's economy essentially um and and really kind of having other perspectives um i think it's it's really changed a lot for me um and i, I will add this um I think um, I, I was watching a video the other day on, on Instagram. I forget who it was by, um, but he was talking about, um, I think it was over the, he was re responding to the shootings in Atlanta not too long ago. Um, but he was commenting on, you know, whether or not that was a racist uh, or a racially motivated uh, murder. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of going into depth saying, if that event causes 
you know, a, a people group or a minority or whatever, if it causes them to feel targeted, then we have to acknowledge that as it's racist. Um, and, and I think for me living overseas, there was, um, there was a time about five years ago that there was an event that happened in the nation and it kind of started giving a little bit of rise to anti-American uh, sentiment. And for me as an American, I was freaked out. Like I was scared, you know, to think about like my husband was doing his masters, the area of the town that we were working um, and how they would feel towards Americans. I was very scared to even like go to that part of the town. Like every time Kurt left the house, I was mm -hmm. like, gosh, like what's going to happen to him? You know, so I, and that, that doesn't compare hardly at all to what, um, like black America, other minorities are feeling in this nation. Um, but I think that was so eye-opening for me to get just a little taste of what that feels like. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it, it was, it was intense. And that, I think that, that really, yeah, I think that just helped my heart open up, held my eyes open up a little bit more to realize like, yeah, like what people are describing when, you know, mothers worry about their sons leaving their houses and, um, mm. and their safety. I'm like, whew, like, yeah, I mean, mm. people aren't, they're, they're not making this stuff up, you know? Um, and so it's, it's heavy. And I mean, I don't even know the full extent of it. But I having that one little experience is really, I think, it's helping me to understand just a little bit more, you know, what it could feel like. And um, yeah, it, yeah, it's heavy, you know. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that that part. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have to apologize. That dinging was my phone. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even hear I thought it. That, yeah. I thought that I turned it off, but um, I didn't even hear it. no, that makes so much sense. I, <laughs> yes, I know you and I definitely dealt with different fears when we lived overseas in a very tumultuous and unpredictable time <laughs> yeah. um, and unstable. And so I think that the Lord taught us both so many things that we definitely would not have learned just sitting here living in America. And that, but the, the craziness of it is how I feel like now in America, a lot of it is being mirrored. The mm -hmm. stuff that you and I, like the, yeah. the fears that came up, the things that we had to mm -hmm. overcome, because something different for me living overseas in my family is that we were not acknowledged as American by anyone. <laughs> Mm, like yeah. after a couple months, I didn't even tell people we were from America because they'd always ask, where are you from? And then we tell them, oh, America. And then they're like, and, and mind you, my husband and I were both born here. Our kids were all five of them born here and people, all they could see is our face. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, no, no, you're not from America. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But not just that, when there was um, a time of uh, racial tension between them and an Asian nation. I won't say where it yeah, didn't even yeah. matter that we weren't from that nation either. Almost, you know, cause there were times mm -hmm. that like, I, I remember walking into a store and, and, 
and the workers in the store joked about me being Chinese and and in the language there they were like no Chinese are allowed in the store hmm. when I walked in you know or like the time when you know I tried to get my kids haircut and the barber was just like going nuts like if you're Chinese you can't come in here I'm not cutting your hair no 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 and it was just like a time of me honestly researching my identity Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I just feel like was such a formative time for me because it, it made me really press deeper into the Lord and really mm-hmm. made me realize, like, where is my identity? My identity is in Christ. It's not yeah. any longer being American. It's not any longer being Korean American. It really is like, who am I in Christ? And that's why I really mm-hmm. want to have these conversations about race because it is really important i think it's an it's like you said just such an important hour for the church so i just wanted to um share this end by sharing the scripture in matthew 5 starting at verse 14 you are the light of the world a city on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven so a question that i just kind of want to leave people with thinking about as we uh, finish this conversation is we are gonna be in heaven with every single ethnicity that believes in the lord mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and what are we gonna say to our brothers and sisters in christ when we go to heaven like oh your feelings aren't valid like what you experienced was not true and that's something that's been really alarming to me in this season is even i shared some stuff about um some stuff that was pretty racist against Asians on social media. And this one Facebook friend immediately commented saying, Eunice, your arguments are not valid. Mm. And I'm like, I wish I had quicker words, but I was shocked. And to me, I didn't go on trying to share an argument. Yeah, I went on sharing my real life experience. Yeah. And that's something that I just want to encourage the church about because every single person listening, like, are we actually listening to learn? Mm-hmm. Are we actually listening to hear people's experiences? Like not mm-hmm. to argue. Like I wasn't yeah. going on social media, are you? I was sharing something that happened to me. Yeah, yeah. And the, the just the dismissal of my feelings in it, mm-hmm. like I was just like, oh. I ended up blocking that person because I felt like actually her comments were not only offensive to me, but to the Asian community. Yeah. Because I got some texts on the side, (laughs) private messages, like, who the heck is this woman? Like, what what is she saying to you? Like, you know, and the thing is, is to me, um, that's just something I feel like the Lord is calling the church right now. Like, can we listen? Like, Ava, you're right. Like, we can't understand fully what it feels like to have our mm-hmm. lives threatened because of our ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Or at least I can't, and you're saying you can't. Yeah. But there are people that actually feel that way and have experienced it. And are yeah, we going to, like, dismiss yeah. their feelings and dismiss what actually happened to them? Yeah, and that's and we we have to look at that deeper of like why 
like that's that's not like I think we all know when there's pain that's not how you handle pain like (laughs) every I think everyone knows that by now (laughs) like you you would think yeah so, (laughs) so why is it why is it that when we come to this we we feel the freedom to you know speaking as a white person we we feel the the freedom to to respond that way to people's pain. Like we wouldn't do that to our friend. We wouldn't do that to a sibling. We wouldn't do that to a parent. You know, everyone knows that's not what you do to people when they're in pain, you know? So I think we have to look at why, why do we feel that we can respond that way mm-hmm. when really deep down we know that it's love, it's not loving, it's hurtful and it's divisive. And, you know, I, I think that's where we have to start in the process of, of really going deeper of like, okay, there, there is a spiritual reality to this of there is a, a, a history of, of, of people literally searing their consciences to dehumanize an entire race of people that's going to have effects on us. You know, like we, we've got to peel back every layer on our heart. We've, we've, we've got to, we got to feel it again, you know, like we, we have to be able to feel these things deeply. And if we can't, then we need to recognize there is something handed to us that we've continued walking in, that we've continued um, to come into agreement with, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Um, but we, we've got to peel back those layers, you know, right. of, of why do we feel this is okay, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to add to I, I love what you're saying, though, about like, I think we need a vision of where is this going in Christ? Um, there is something on the other side. I had like, I heard someone say it like this in the context of marriage, that conflict is the price that we pay to get intimacy. Mm. Um, and there there is if if we can together in Christ overcome this um, and break agreement with all this stuff and and really fight it in our lives, fight it in our hearts. There's something on the other side of this that I think is so rich. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, we need that vision of where God wants to take this, right? Yeah. When we talk about all nations surrounding his throne, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oof, what kind of process are is is the world gonna have to go through huh. um, to get to the point? I mean, oh, I'm sure a lot of us or some of us aren't even gonna fully go through it. We just will really understand when we see the Lord. But you know, when we talk about people groups loving each other with the love of Christ, that's a humbling process on both mm-hmm. ends. Yeah, um, and so, but. Um, you know, I think of the, about the Great Commission of like, why does, wouldn't it be way more effective for the Lord to be like, hey, people from your own people group, I'll raise up to preach the gospel. He's like, no, you from over here, go over there where they kind mm. of hate you, you know? And, yeah. Um, you kind of don't like each other um, and and see what happens, you know? Um, and And yeah, it's that process of humility, but what's on the other side of it is glorious and mm-hmm. and we need that vision before yeah. us and um and we, we need to search the scriptures on where is this going you know why yeah. 
and I think when we have that, it's like, okay, then I want to do the work now. I, I, I want to engage. Engaging makes sense because like there's, there's actually really somewhere that the Lord is wanting to take this that is beautiful and glorious. And so anyways, I just wanted to add that, um, that we, I think we, yeah. we need that vision yeah. before us because, you know, it is so discouraging, you know, especially all that's going on right now. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We need that encouragement to, to pray and to keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's so good. Well, thank you so much, Ava, yes. for just sharing your thoughts. And I just want to also say, like, this is obviously not a complete conversation. No. <laughs> this is just mm -mm. like scratching the surface of this conversation. And so thank you all for listening. And Ava, I love you so much. Thanks for sharing you your too. thoughts. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and review. And we'd be especially honored if you would pass along the podcast or recommend it to a friend. Before we sign off, I just wanted to mention one of the most popular services we offer, which is coaching for individuals and couples. So on this podcast, we're able to share biblical truth, practical wisdom, but we're speaking on in very broad terms. That's just the nature of the medium, right? Uh, but what coaching allows us to do is to get into the specifics of your story or your situation and apply these principles in a more focused way. And while we can't promise that we'll always find a solution or resolution, many times we've found that it's helpful for people just to have someone to listen and process life with. Sometimes that's actually what we need the most. Um, so if that sounds appealing and you're still not quite sure, we even offer a free 30-minute session for new clients. That's a great way to try out coaching with no financial obligation. Um, you can find more information about coaching or our other services at our website, thejourneyhome.global. And finally, if you want to connect with us, you can email us, you can connect by social media. All of the links to our accounts are in the show notes below. We truly love hearing from you, and we promise we actually will read and respond to your emails or social media interactions. Um, so thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.